Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Let's turn our attention to James chapter number 2 and uh, verse 25 and 26. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Uh, What is immediately really interesting is James says, and in the same way, okay, the context here is faith without works is dead. And you've got this negative example. Up in uh, verse 19, you said, you know, here's these demons who they they believe in God, but they don't obey God. And so they have a fruitless faith. They have a futile faith. They have an empty faith. In other words, their, their faith, they, 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 they can say, I have faith because I believe, but that's empty because it's not matched with action. They don't obey God. And, uh, and then he gives the, the powerful example of Abraham, who increasingly learned how to listen to and, and, and obey God and walk with God. And they gave the example in our last session. We went through how Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And we know he believed God in increasing degrees of growth, uh, because he was willing to offer his son. And so the first words here is in the same way. In other words, you might say in the same faith, in, in the same way faith is displayed. Rahab, which just is wild to me, uh, names it here. It names it in Joshua 6. It doesn't pull punches. Rahab, the prostitute, in the same way as Abraham, the patriarch, Abraham, I didn't switch it up, Rahab, Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, the patriarch, believed within and acted without in the same way Rahab the prostitute believed within and acted without. And so faith by works, faith without works rather, faith without works is dead. And I love, I love how the Holy Spirit gives to James these two examples. It totally gets me fired up. You know, you might say, um, you might say uh, something like, uh, uh, I'm going to be ridiculous to make my point. You might say, John Calvin, by faith, did such and such, you know, and, and everybody goes, yeah, amen, amen, John Calvin, yes, brother, you know, and then in the next same sentence, say, and in the same way, Tim Bowes, whoa, 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 don't be comparing yourself to John Calvin. Why is a comparison legitimate in this context? Let me give you a threefold reason the comparison is legitimate. Um, let me first give you a compare, two comparisons why it's not, why it's, why it's illegitimate. I, I'm not as smart as John Calvin. I know it and I'm okay with that. Secondly, I, I'm not a, I'm not as good a person, uh, you know, situationally, environmentally. You know, I didn't have the shot at life that John Calvin did. Um, so, so I'm okay with that. But when does the comparison become legitimate? Because the same God who gave faith to John Calvin gave faith to me. The same God who gave faith to John Calvin led him to live out his faith. The same God who gave faith to me led me to live out my faith. The same God 
who John Calvin trusted in and trusted in, in, in God alone, through Christ alone, by faith alone. I am clinging to that God, God the Father, through that same Savior, okay, by that same faith. The faith was given to us. And so it becomes a legitimate claim. And I, I in no way match the mental acuity, uh, the awesome academic prowess of John Calvin. I in no way match the quality of holiness uh, that that man um, pursued from, from a young age on. Uh, or, or any of my heroes, you, you can think about, uh, you know, all the Johns. That's what I always call them. John Owen, Jonathan Edwards, uh, uh, John Calvin, all, all these guys who I just treasure to read over and over and over again. Um, you know, you, you, you can put any of those, right? You can put any of those. You, you know, you can put some other people I, I deeply admire. By, you know, you can say, by faith, Ravi Zacharias. By faith, R.C. Sproul. By faith, Adrian Rogers, right? Over and over again, you say, uh and then, then you, then you say by faith, Tim Bowes, <laughs> or in the same way. And people go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're no one of them. Right? Amen. I'm not a one of them, but I am a one of them. And that's what I love about the story of Rahab. Okay. The story of Rahab is not that Rahab is heroic, even though we would call her a hero of the faith. She's in the hall of faith there in Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll get to that in a moment. What makes that a hyper-legitimate saying is that in the same way that Abraham was responding to the goodness of God, in the same way God was good to Rahab, and Rahab responded to it. And so uh, there's the context. When God, when God shows you something and you receive it, it's so part of you that having received it, you have to have to act because of it. Um, and there's the context. And, and there it is. Uh, we, we, um, we often want to say, you know, uh, I, I, I believed or, I, I, you know, I, I believe in God. I prayed the prayer. I prayed the sinner's prayer. I, I, I walked the aisle. I, I, I joined the church. I, I, um, I um, was baptized. We'll often limit limit the way we express our faith to these these few things and then and and what i'm saying though is those things are part of it but they can't be all of it in other words you can't say i prayed the prayer i walked the aisle i prayed the prayer i got the baptism i joined the church and and then there's been no other expressions of faith uh, I would say the barest of minimums that faith should every day be expressed in our speech um, and then in our actions, how we use our time, talent, treasure, you know, in our thought process, uh, um, what we pursue um, for um, entertainment. I mean, the faith needs to be expressed everywhere and in every way all day long. How, how we trust, who we trust, who we depend on, you know, what do we do when we despair? Faith, faith is meant, faith in God is meant to be a total endeavor. So, you, so you, you can't say, you know, I look back and I know I'm okay because I, you know, God spoke to my heart. I walked that aisle. I said that prayer. I was dunked in that water. I joined this church and I know I'm okay. Right. Well, I, I'm here to tell you that when, when real faith hits us, when real faith comes to us, when real faith is, is given us by God, that real faith is maintained by God 
And that real faith is motivated by God. And we continue on in that real faith. And that's, that's the story of Abraham. That's the story of, of Rahab. That is not the story of the demons who believed up to a point, but didn't obey through eternity. All right. Now, I want to give some contour. There's the context, and it's true to the context, and nothing I'm going to say in the contour is going to go against it, but I want to give some contour to the life of Rahab that I think we can really appreciate. Let me first handle a bit of housekeeping. If you were, and I'm, I'm looking here at my laptop, and I have up my ESV.org Bible, and um, I have an online account that I've created so I can use the study Bible and some other resources on here. And all I did was I go in, I went into the search engine and I typed in Rahab and I typed in Rahab in a search from Genesis through Revelation and I came up with 14 results. Okay. Now here's where sometimes we can get confused. All right. I'm going to run through all of these super quick because trust me, it won't take long. In Psalm 87, in Psalm 89, in Isaiah 30, in Isaiah 51. Okay. In these, in these four places, we are talking about Rahab as a place. Oh, excuse me, six places. In Job uh, 9 and in Job 26, six places, six places out of the 14, they're talking about a place. Rahab is the poetic name, uh, or you might say a nickname of Egypt. And so when you're in, in Job 9, Job 26, Psalm 87, Psalm 89, uh, Isaiah 30, Isaiah 51, and you see Rahab, what can be a little confusing is um, they're talking about a place. All right. In the other eight mentions, okay, where the story is, you know, if it was a newspaper, the story broke in the headlines of Joshua 2. Um, when the spies are sent out and we originally meet, we originally meet Rahab the person, not, uh, we're, we're not talking about Rahab the place, Rahab the person. When the story breaks in Joshua 2, Joshua is sending out these spies and, uh, some of the spies, um, uh, wind up in, um, Jericho. And everybody's real familiar with the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Why, why am I singing the jazz version? I don't know. But, you know, and, and there in Joshua one, um, we, we are introduced to Rahab in this way. Joshua sends Joshua two, chapter, chapter two, verse one. Joshua sends some spies and they came into the house of a prostitute. Okay. Whose name was Rahab and lodged there. In other words, they came and stayed there. They, they came there. And they began their operation of spying there. Okay. Go down to verse three. People have learned that these men are spying and they, the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, sent a messenger said, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house for this, come to search out the land. Um, in other words, we know they're spying. Well, she hides these guys. She hides these guys. And what we can, what we can see, I believe, by implication is that somewhere in this process of these spies being there, they, they hear, they hear from these, these Jewish spies, Rahab hears about the plan of God and she believes the plan of God. Now, where do I get that from? All right. Now let's, we're going to go back to Joshua in a moment, but um, 
Think about how Rahab is described in Hebrews chapter 11, okay? It says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So first, she, 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 she received them. And at some point, I believe, I believe we can learn that she listened to them. Because uh, what it also tells us in Hebrews, um, y'all give me just a moment here. What it also tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, that was verse 31. Um, is that uh, in verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. And it tells us that Rahab's role is entirely important to this whole, the whole enterprise of, of Israel coming into the promised land, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people. And so, you know, Rahab believed those guys. They would, you know, hey, what are you guys doing here? What you're in town on business? Are you guys here for the plunger convention? No. Uh, to be honest, we believe God's going to give us this land, and so our leader sent us out, and he told us to learn stuff, and God is going to divinely give us this land. And she believed that. Uh, that was that was uh, you might say the good news to her that God was going to in the process of delivering this people this Hebrew people he was also going to displace he was going to judge and displace these these other people you might say uh, these other these Gentile people these non covenant people and she believed it she believed it so she began to act in accordance with the people of God you see that. She believed what what they said God was going to do, and the gift of faith was given to her, and she began to act in accordance with that. Now, back to Joshua. Um, if, if you if you know, uh, back in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirty one, it tells us that her life was spared. If you go to Joshua six twenty three. Um, it tells us some detail. Uh, when the young man who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mothers and brothers and, and all who belonged to her, they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. So they brought them out of the city. They hadn't brought them into the people. They brought them out of the city. Okay. Um, and then Joshua 6, 25 says, but Rahab, the prostitute in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. God used Joshua to save him. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So she believed and she behaved. Now, you know, as um, uh, what was his name? Paul Harvey would say, now the rest of the story. What gets really interesting to me, and, and so far, I don't know if you guys know, I basically have reviewed 13 to 14 verses. Um, told you six of them were places and eight of them were, were persons. And we had already started with uh, James chapter 2 and 25. But what's interesting to me, okay, is if you're looking at the genealogy in Matthew, which, you know, um, which we know to be Joseph's genealogy. And we know, uh, we at least we believe that Luke is sharing um, Mary's genealogy, but at some point they converge. Where, where do they separate? They separate um, at Nathan and Solomon. Um, um, and um, um, 
in David's genealogy, he has a bunch of children, but two of them are Solomon and Nathan. And Solomon, you know, Matthew is descended from Solomon many generations later. And Mary is descended from Nathan many generations So they, 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 they come back together in Solomon. Well, before Solomon, there was David. And before David, there was, was Jesse. And, uh, and listen to this little interesting thing here. This is Matthew chapter one, verse five. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse. So Nathan and Solomon, David. David, Jesse. Jesse, Obed. Obed, Ruth and Boaz. Ruth was a foreigner too, okay? Uh, and, uh, and Rahab, Rahab is the mama of Boaz. Where did he get this generous spirit about including people? His mama, his mama. Ugh, it's amazing. She had been forgiven of past transgressions, adopted into the people of God, brought into the life of the people of God, married to one of the covenant people of God and thus covered in that marriage and that covenant. And then she had had this gracious son who we later on know to be generous and with his property, he's a propertied man of respect. So when just, you know, the shift of one generation, a woman walking by faith, there's a shift in a generation. And then, you know, Boaz uh, becomes the father of, of Obed and Obed, the father of Jesse. So Obed is David, King David's great uh, grandfather and Solomon's great granddaddy. This is amazing stuff, guys. This is amazing stuff. In other words, when you walk by faith, amazing things begin to happen in your life. Now, whew, there's a history. There's every mention of, of Rahab in the scriptures. Um, and so there's an outline of her life, but let's take just a few minutes to talk about some of these interesting details that live between the context and the contour. Okay. Uh, don't forget the context. Faith without works is dead. Example, dead faith in, uh, um, in the demons, living faith in Abraham and in Rahab. Well, just think about for a moment, um, if, if Rahab was around today and begun to believe in God, would we concentrate on the fact that she had begun to believe in God or would we concentrate on the fact that she had been a prostitute? Come on now. We, we already know the answer to all this. Um, what I find really interesting is that God works in places that we can't imagine. If you were just, just, if you were just to sit and think about all the things against Rahab in, in that moment, um, she was a Gentile, so she was outside the covenant. She was a female, and and you know, uh, uh, man, we're not gonna get into how women were were second class citizens in that culture or what they were. Uh, she was a she she was no soft way to put it. She was an idol worshiping pagan, and and you know, I'm not being hateful. I grew up an idol worshiping pagan. Um, and she, she was a prostitute. That's just all ugly language. All of these things would make you think she's, she's cut out of any possibility of knowing God. But when faith is given to her, she begins to act in the new identity. And there's the core of what I'm saying. You, you, you know, faith, faith might start 
you know, faith might start in, in, in very unusual places with very unusual people. But if faith is real, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to change people's lives. It's going to change who they are and how they behave. And, uh, and this story is kind of crazy, you know, so it, well, I asked me, so how'd you come to Jesus? Well, I, I was at church and the preacher was preaching and I heard it and I came down for the invitation or I went to a tent revival or, or I had a grandma who would read the Bible to me. I had this coworker who kept sharing with me, say, you know, Rahab's at the same, same meeting. Well, you know, Rahab, how did you come to faith? Well, I was a whore and, uh, these guys came and, and shared with me about what God was going to do. And, and I believed them. And then I, to, to seal my belief, I lied. And um, what? What? So it sometimes disturbs us that um, that Rahab doesn't come through any of our traditional channels. But it actually also encourages me to know that, uh, you know, God's working in all kinds of ways with all kinds of people. And I don't know about y'all, but that's really encouraging to me. And so... Uh, I know that you guys um, already know from from James and from Hebrews chapter 11 that what happens to her is faith changes her life and she's made right with God or, you know, well, first she's she's made right with God. She's the fancy uh, word would be uh, she's justified. But, you know, look, look, look at look at it and just plain talk. She's made right with God. And in the process, she is rescued in the flesh. Okay, because your faith is supposed to make a difference in your life. She's rescued in her flesh. And then what is more amazing than anything to me is she winds up in the lineage and genealogy of the Christ. What? What? She is, uh, the way we would say today is she was added to the church. All right, but. Literally, she was added to the people of Israel. I mentioned that before. She she first started her relationship with them by hiding spies. She was rescued, lived outside of the camp. We don't know when, but at some point she moves in. She marries Salmon. Her life has changed. Her 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 day to day life has changed. Her destiny has changed. Her future's changed. And, and you know she's brought in, and now she's a part of the family of of Jesus. Uh, the other night I. I was sitting in the house singing, which which I love to do, okay? <laughs> um, nobody's there listening to me or, or the people, you know, the people I live with are so used to it, they just ignore me. But I was singing and I was thinking about this passage. I was singing that song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. You know, what really encourages me is that when the gift of faith comes to somebody, and that faith is real. It's real because it's matched with action. Um, all sorts of people get added to the family of God. And, uh, you know, that can sort of strike our often prejudiced um, um, views of the world. But but I love it that God will, will work in some very unusual people in unusual places to do the what to him is a very usual thing to buy people back to redeem them out of the bondage of sin, out of the destiny of hell, out of the power of Satan, and to give them life and, and to give them an eternal family. And that, my friends, is why I get so excited about the story of 
Rahab. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.